last time on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we covered The Crown Season 2, Episode 4, Barrel. In that episode, Princess Margaret, she met Tony Armstrong, someone who romanced her, took her photo, had a picture of her with her back exposed. The scandal was everywhere. But most importantly, this Tony Armstrong character was played by Matthew Good, and he had great chemistry with Vanessa Kirby. And we'll see if that romance takes off and more this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. Time, she said, I want to live like common people. I want to do whatever common people do. I want to sleep with common people. I want to sleep with common people like you. Well, what else could I do? I said, I'll see what I can do. And we're back. We're at the halfway mark. Of the Crown already season two, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's moving uh, ever so slowly, a little bit because each episode's an hour, but it's moving. It is. This is when I saw an hour one. I, 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 I had to Took hang. I hung my head. <laughs> I said, "Come on, <laughs> come on, well, man." I, I looked ahead. I, I looked ahead to see like, is this a continuing trend? And for the most part, yes. In, in season two, but I see that season three. Only one episode clocks in at an hour. The rest are actually in the forty-minute range. Oh wow! Fifty-minute range. Impressive. I don't know if it must be like some Netflix analytics telling them like you know what people may not actually be watching the full hour. <laughs> Just trim it a little bit. Yeah, are people turning it off though? Yeah, I don't know what that really tells them exactly. I mean, it makes the prospect of season three that much more appealing for us to cover. So maybe that's what they're they're angling at. Perhaps, yeah. I mean, no sign of uh, Belgravia on Amazon Prime. So who's to say? I mean, it could be a thing where they saw maybe a drop off from season one to season two, and they're like, "How can we stop the bleeding for season three? Just, just trim a little bit. Cut, the, change just the whole cast. Bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Change the whole cast. They're too expensive uh, to film all the time. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> just cut it there. So get some new ones and take it from there. 18 minutes yeah. less. These older people can't act that long. Right. And when they got their bumps and, they, and they've uh, put in their time, bring in a new cast. Let's do it again. <laughs> Rinse, repeat. <laughs> yep. Uh, there's no real news, I don't think, in terms of Down or the Crown this week, is there? Not to my knowledge. I mean, there's a, we, we can, while we're this early in the episode, we can tell people to enter our review contest. All you have to do is leave a five-star review or rate us five stars and leave us a review on apple podcasts and you will be entered to win a some lords of grantham merch from our t public store which is also a yeah. plug for our t public store i mean for the love of god please leave us a review i i, I know we've kind of tacked it on at the end of episodes a little bit saying this but if you want merch and maybe people just don't want merch but if you just want to be a good good you know listener leave us a review on itunes we appreciate it but you know what if you're too busy or too racked with so much going on in the world, we understand too. Just buy the merch outright. <laughs> <laughs> Just buy the merch if that's what you want. Again, we also endorse you burning our merch if that makes you happy. We are here to please. I mean, yeah, if you pay for it and then burn it, that's fine. <laughs> Don't put it on social media. Though, save that for keep that at home. Yeah, there's enough uh, stress out there in the world. Um, you know, just live your life. We support it. That's all we're saying. We support you. You support us. All's good. Yeah, I mean, don't make a bootleg Lords of Grantham t-shirt and then burn. I mean, you could do that and then burn it. It wouldn't be very cool, but <laughs> yeah, whatever works. You yeah, know. if you if if you're listening to this and you you're so fueled by hatred that you're gonna burn our merch, yeah, fine. 
<laughs> they just can't stand our crown coverage, or they just really want to send a message for us to just go back to Downton forever. Yeah, like, we're never going to leave your review. We're just going to buy the merch or bootleg the merch and burn it. It's like when yeah. a player leaves a football team and goes to a rival team. You go go in the yard. Yeah. They're wearing Ring for T T-shirts, burning Lord Grant. <laughs> yeah, the, they just go listen to Downton Gabby or something else. Yeah, well. Do we just want to jump into this episode, or is there anything else to cover? I mean, really, is there anything else to cover? <laughs> I don't, th- I mean, I guess not. It's the dog days uh, of summer, you know? Yeah, where it's, you know, in that slump, we just had a pretty nasty storm in the Northeast, so there's a world where this episode almost didn't happen. I didn't have internet until about I mean, 9 o'clock last night. Yeah, I mean, my parents are still without power, uh, and uh, I know other people that we know are without power still too in your town so yeah well your parents used to live on the same street as the police station so they were always like the first to get their power back so a little spoiled in that yeah welcome to to the real we never lost power we never lost power full stop because we lived where the police are yeah welcome to the real world but i'm in new york now and uh yeah where i'm at there, there was no power loss well to all the people that are have lost power and are maybe still without power listening to this podcast as a reprieve in your car or on your phone we're small speaking to the smallest portion of our audience i mean not it's a whole it's our home state it's not out of unlikely yeah okay we got like five listeners if one of them's from our home state we're hitting a good majority a good not majority but a good fraction we we should just run through the rest of the world well anyone out there in in lebanon no joke i hope you're okay I mean, oh, the fires in California. If you're if you're having to de- deal with those in San Bernardino, we, ho- we hope you're okay. And COVID, <laughs> well, let's just let's spread the love, okay? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? We wish everyone well. That's that's where that's where we are. That's what we're saying here. You know, you can burn our merch if it makes you feel better. Whatever makes you feel better, we're here to support it. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but most of all, we're here if you listen to the crown. I think that's that's why we're here. Yeah. And a, so, and a one on a one plot episode. There's no B plots here. This is this is unrelenting. For a, a full hour, an hour and um, one minute of of the queen getting trashed by. Uh, imagine if uh, Twitter was around. I mean, I guess we can get to that later. But the name is uh, the name of this episode is Marionette Marionettes, which will uh, soon become clear why. It's it's a pretty obvious one. Yeah. Whereas uh, Barrel was a little bit more. Uh, pack this is a uh, this is much more specific it starts with a, a flash forward which was not clear to me that it was a flash forward uh well i mean it's there is a title card that says like a month earlier after the flash forward yeah there's two time cards in this uh, title cards in this episode or time cards or whatever at the bottom of the screen that font is so tiny it is so easy to miss because i did not notice it the first time uh so i was so confused as to what was going on it was barely there yeah so it begins with pierre attacks the queen yeah that, that that's what it says in the newspaper and and people are just buying up the, these papers to, to read what it's saying about the queen uh, about the, these uh these critiques of her yeah and we see this sort of a bald older guy like putting on some kind of military uniform and we see he's mm-hmm. gonna go he's and pissed off what's he gonna do you know and then he just clocks this guy in the face and spits on his shoes and says, uh, like, calls him a traitor. Yeah. Uh, and he that happened from reading the newspaper. I don't know, Dave, the last time you read the news and felt compelled to go punch someone. Well, I mean, 
we all watch Axios or whatever, however it's pronounced <laughs> on HBO. So the answer yeah. is recently, <laughs> but but it, it, it's not as easy as it was back then. Apparently, yeah, not as not as easy at all. <laughs> so we, we move then that that's before the cut of the. Oh no, there's a little bit more before the cut. Yeah, we but, see like a montage uh, of all the individuals reading this news story. Mm-hmm. We see uh, Tommy LaSalle still getting, uh, he's getting that Jared Harris money this season of just sort of sit around in some kind of background. Just showing up. For a guy that was yep. such a big player, I know he's retired, but he, I mean, I guess he is playing the ultimate retired guy because he just shows up <laughs> to like comment on the old ways. He's like, it worked mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Uh, unsolicited advice just all the time from him. Yeah. It's like, dude, you, you have no place here. Yeah. Uh, and you know they tell the queen that oh this guy got uh, this guy punched uh, someone who who wrote that article and she seems pleasantly pleased we don't know why yeah we says what gallant uh, and chivalrous individual did this mm-hmm. and then we see them watching TV with them interviewing some guy and, and we don't know who it is and it just seems like the, again this episode is an hour I don't know why we need this preface because it, it all gets covered eventually in this episode I understand like it yeah it, starts it episode like it with a bang it's <laughs> not like the uh, the marriage trouble, which even then is not a necessary flash forward. Right. It's just there to kind of fill airtime, it feels like, or but just to keep the episode off to get you to keep watching. You can have, you uh, can really have a 15-minute yeah. show. You can have an hour show if it's justified. You don't need to fill anything. You can literally see the mathematics in the corner of the screen saying, like, well, if we just show them some action in the beginning, they'll watch to the halfway point when it actually happens in this episode. Is it even the halfway? Uh, it feels like a third. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they flash back uh, a, a month ago, which again I, I I didn't catch that at first. I was I was so confused as to what's going on. Uh, and uh, we meet this gentleman, Lord Altr Altring Altringham. Uh, yeah, we can get to his Al- real name later. Altrinchums, Altrinchums, Altrinchum. Yeah, I, I kept writing down. I don't. I don't watch with captions, so I was trying to like figure it out as I go. A l t r i n c h a m. Altrin. 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 Yosemites. Yeah, sure. Altrin. Uh, so he's a. Uh... Yeah, what's his deal? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, do we want to get? He he comes in a little while after the events. Go. We we get a little bit of other things. Well, he do we get Altrincham Altrincham for, for a bit to get a little exposition about who he is? Yeah. Well, we see a, a group discussing you know what's going wrong with the politics and, and with the government and you know what they should say about that. And he kind of enters the room. You know, I guess he has a bit a little bit of a reputation of being a critique of the the monarchy. No. Is this uh, the is this the sequence where they're eating the the snack? What is it like a tar- the toffee? The toffee. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and it seems like his peers are kind of going, paying a little too much attention to these sweets and not enough attention to the news. I mean, they they look tasty. Yeah, the, and he, the way he's like, no, I don't want to talk taffy. I want to talk the world. Yeah, toffee's bad for my teeth. Speaking of and which, he I got to go to the dentist. <laughs> yeah, he eats a bit of toffee and it hurts his teeth. Um, yeah, uh, so they... Uh, he just figures the. I don't know. It's just kind of a. Uh, it's just setting up, you know, some, mm-hmm. some exposition of like what his deal is. Oh, he works with the newspaper. Okay, this guy is going to cause a scene. He's a newspaper works man. With, 
He's a newspaper man. Or a magazine man, technically. with that business. Yeah, yeah, technically a magazine man. Uh, the National or something it's called or whatever. Uh, but really what sets the wheels in motion that really gets him to, to be called out is a speech that's going to be given. Yeah, and it's uh, a dean has written this speech and gotten it mm-hmm. signed off unquestionably before even reading it by Queen Elizabeth. And who who's not a fan? Martins. Yeah, Bertie. Martin. Yeah. Uh yeah, old Bertie from Down Abbey. Uh yeah, he he so he took takes a look at it and thinks it's a little bit backwards. It doesn't speak to the now uh, with the country. Uh you know, having gone through the whole Suez Canal disaster and everything, uh she's not really speaking to you know. It's a, yeah, it's a little belittling to the common yeah, folk. Speak, exactly. She's speaking down to them. And he su- makes and so, makes some suggestions to say instead of saying what uh, poor people say working people or something along those lines or average people say working people and yeah who, it, who's it, there touch a dignity who's touch a dignity to, to it yeah so it's a dean is sitting with who talking about this uh it's tommy lasalle uh and there's a dog in the room too he he opens the door and there's dogs on the floor and lasalle sitting in a chair he can't even get an ear in with a dean because he's just already being stood up by his uh the the mentor yeah <laughs> lasalle is all about Keeping things the way they are. He says, sounds fine to me. The queen's okay with it. It, it goes. Well, it, it's not even so much he says it's okay. He just says, like, um, you know, the people adore the sovereign. It defines the British people. So, you know, apathy is a long way from where they are. So, like, you know, almost whatever she says is going to go over. Like, you don't even worry about it. She's going to be able to cut a promo, and the crowd is going to pop. It doesn't matter what she oh, says. Oh, yeah, it's these people saying. love the queen. Mm-hmm. But Bertie is saying, Martin is saying... I don't know. Yeah, Sound- he's like, am I wearing wearing unnecessarily? And he says, well, I'll leave that to you, dummy. And it's like, Tommy, I don't know, man. You're a little out of touch. Go go, Go just sit your with your dogs again. Go back to retirement. Yeah. Cash those checks. Yeah. And so we hear a snippet of that speech because uh, she's speaking to a factory. Uh, so she goes to visit a car manufacturer. Well, do we want – before then, there's the, the sequence of her getting her hair done. I mean, it's unrelated to everything, but it's an important piece. It, it, it. I uh, mean, it, it's one of the few glimpses of something else in this episode. Yeah, where she gets her I hair mean, done, and Philip says, "I thought you were hoping for more children." Yeah, it's 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 pretty uh, cutting what he says there. I mean, her hair is iconic. If you think of the queen, you think of that curly hairdo that she has there, and what we're really seeing is the origin of that right there. <laughs> you know, something a little different. Well, uh, Phil Phil is not a fan. Yeah, uh, she calls it tidy and sensible, and he jests terms to stir the loins, <laughs> <laughs> like like that's really going to get me going. Uh, says it'll double as a helmet, yeah. will provide protection from to fallen masonry. Recommends that she takes a look at Jane Mansfield or Rita Hayworth. That is some harsh words from you from a husband to a wife. <laughs> Well, I mean, he's the prince now, so he has a little sway. He has some swank. Does he? Does he say that to your wife? I mean, he shouldn't, but he... he. Yeah. I mean, because for so long, his whole stance was like, I'm your husband. Treat me as, you know, your equal, whereas now... Come on, man. If you're equals, don't be so... Don't be so... Why do you got to be so rude? <laughs> yeah. He's human, too. <laughs> yeah. So they go to see these cars uh, at a factory, and she's going to speak to these line workers. And... Uh, that's where it goes sideways. <laughs> yeah. 
and we see just how sort of hands off she is in, in this sort of in the line of duty. She just sort of talks. Yeah, or, she makes her you know, speech. Dean, yeah, just, yeah, Dean just gives her the speech, and she doesn't even really think about it. She just, you know, reads it. And uh, some, of the, some of the things she says are awful. I think she says, you lead dull, boring lives. Yeah, uneventful, lonely lives. Yeah. Average men and women uh, relies on you. Uh, yeah, and... and you know, so we see Altrincham uh, at the dentist to get his teeth fixed, and the people are laughing in the room. They turn off the TV even to to put on some music. Yeah, they put on some rock and roll. Well, they, it's not even on the TV. It's on the radio. It's on the, the radio. Yeah, they changed the radio station. <laughs> Whew! Uh, it just makes you wonder, though. Did the Queen bother to read the speech at all before she gave it? No, I mean, Nadine says she, that she didn't read it. He, he just. I'm, I, it's just like, why wouldn't she do that? Is what I'm saying. It's like, I mean, come on. Or at least crumble up the paper and and go, you know, go into business for yourself. Yeah, something. You know, be your own woman. Be, be your own person. Um. So, anyways, uh, he feels he needs to write a response to, uh, to that ridiculous speech. Um, he kind of bounces back and forth off his helper, or is it his wife? Uh, Yora Greyjoy from Game of Thrones in a thankless role. <laughs> I was I wasn't quite sure. Yeah, she's helping him the whole time. Yeah, she's, I wasn't she's, sure if this was some sort of like budding relationship through work, some sort of Edith and uh, Michael Gregson kind of situation going on, or if it was a mm-hmm. just a they're already married kind of thing. Yeah. I just thought it was so strange to see Theon's sister from Game of Thrones in this, like, nothing role. <laughs> I mean, just, whatever yes, happened man, to the yes, Greyjoys, sure, yeah. not much. She did a lot on the Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, I sure. can't remember. I, I blocked out the last few seasons, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, she's there, and, uh, you know, she reminds him that, you know, uh, the concerns over the speech kind of not connecting, you know, it's the first duty of royalty to inspire and he was so grateful she reminded him of that because that's what she's not doing mm-hmm. currently, the Queen. So the National English Review, they they publish this this critique that he has, and it sells um, a bunch of copies. And Pierre Sneer is written across the, the top of it. I don't know why Pierre Sneer. Is he really a peer? He's a lord. I mean, he's a lord. I mean, does, does that make you really, really a peer? That, that's like that would be like saying, a, I'm a peer. A, of, a senator saying he was like on the same level as Donald Trump. Okay. Yeah, I get that. Something like that. Correct us if we're, we're wrong, audience. Uh, but who does this alarm, Dave, to, to go running to the queen to let her know about what's going on? Oh, Adine. <laughs> what's he telling her? He's like, don't, there's something in there. You're not going to like it. There's something in the newspaper. You may not like it. You know when you saw your sister's bear back in there? There's something even worse than that. Yeah, it doesn't Philip say, like, what, what's uh, Margaret up to now? And Nadine's like, not Margaret. Yeah. It you. No. It's you. <laughs> yeah. It's quite a critical article, he says. Um, and it's funny, because Phil never, never even heard of the National English Review newspapers anyways, or magazines. Uh, he's just never heard of them. But uh, anyways, they, they read it, and... Uh, yeah, they're not—they're not too pleased. Uh, nope. And and Adine's trying to explain to to Elizabeth that you know, look, like uh, 
you gotta do you gotta just rethink what you're saying or whatever or, or try and figure out some new approach to, to this whole thing and she's like you wrote the speech dummy you put me in this spot I should maybe I shouldn't trust you yeah maybe you should grow a mustache back you should, maybe you should get out of here <laughs> yeah but she doesn't go, know about Martin she if only she knew about Martin and it's kind of damning too because it kind of goes back to this whole thing that you know she wanted Martin to be her right hand man but instead she got left with a dean because of this because of the South, archaic right? way of yeah of, of fathering in people who are supposed to be in place but it just goes back to maybe sometimes just because you have the tenure you shouldn't have the job and I've experienced that so many times in professions and, and well, I think everybody like, does yeah it's like this a dean guy clearly is not cut out cut out to write speeches for her, and yet he has to he's doing that <laughs> hey that's that's a dean man there. that's a dean get him get him out so uh Altrichim has people calling though yeah oh he's he's in the limelight he's soaking it up he's uh going to appear on uh the show impact wrestling yeah it's on access tv <laughs> oh no it's just impact that that's what it was called back in the 1950s not not the wrestling product that we know today is impact uh and he's going to be interviewed interviewed by uh what's his name day i didn't write down the interviewer's name it does that it doesn't affect that i keep saying day it, it's day day is interviewing him he's, he's a, apparently a, a bit of a, a hard interviewee uh interviewer uh asked some really difficult questions that put you on the spot uh, <laughs> and Altrigen does it, hold his own, I think. Yeah, he's under a spotlight. Uh, you know, Day doesn't even shake his hand. Thank you, uh, you know, the, for obeying, you know, the, the rules back then of uh, social distance. Yeah. Clean. yeah, social distancing. The elbow bump. Uh, yeah. And, and there's something about watching British interviews, uh, like those, like, really, like, important ones. Uh, more more serious interviews. I don't know if this is this may sound like stereotyping, but it's just like, what do you mean? What could you possibly mean? <laughs> it's with like the most. They stress it so you know. And then the, the guy who's being interviewed is like, well, as a matter of fact, <laughs> it's like it Actually, well, Altrichim does not dislike the queen or the monarchy. He just is critical. And he's pretty clear with his, stand, his standpoint. You know, they ask if he's, you know, anti-establishment. He's He just says he's a passionate monarchist. He really cares about, you know, this whole monarchy surviving and, and continuing on. Um, so, you know, it's transcending just, you know, politics itself. He, he feels that, you know, the crown itself should continue to stand outside of just some of these politics. Um. And then he goes to leave the interview, and what happens? Well, he, he gets called upon. Uh, to, well, he to also gets go sp- punched in the face and spit on his shoes. Yeah, he, he does get the spit on his shoes and everything, and everyone has a hoot uh, over that. Well, then we find out uh, that the guy who did it is like a, a the equivalent of like a MAGA guy. <laughs> yeah, he, he's diehard well, for... Because uh, the queen is like, well, who who is it? And it's like, oh, no, it's this fanatical side of of fandom loyalists and it's I mean, like, in some regards, like in some regards i get it here though because the guy it's not even so much that he's critical he sounds a little smug when he says it i think because mm-hmm. he's, he's kind of grinning his, his his 
through his he's just grinning the whole time you know and it's just like get that smug look off your face man look you have fair points just don't be so knowing about it there's something so obnoxious about a person who's right but they know they're right <laughs> and that's that's uh you know in this instance he thinks he's he's king you know what he, he nobody ever says these kind of things so you know what fine punch him in the face by this maniac uh but then we see that he is getting, uh, he's been called upon by Martin. Yeah. And he thinks, yeah. you know, his ego has gotten so big so fast. He says, what, this assistant? You want me to go, what, like, mm. really? After all this. Martin tr- Charter Terrace? <laughs> I think this is any, this is below me is what he's saying. But it's like, dude, you're on TV saying, you know, he was, you're horrified by the, by the indifference of the crown. Uh, you know, he, he says ordinary and extraordinary doesn't mean bland and ineffectual. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things where, bro, you, you brought this on yourself. You got to talk to someone. You have to answer to someone there. Yeah, and the, you, the you can't pick who. Yeah, right? And then we'll, and <laughs> we all know, spoiler alert, it ain't Martin that he winds up talking to. No, no, no. Uh, but it's funny, he doesn't even want to deal with this. Uh, you know, Yora tells him to go deal with his bad tooth instead. <laughs> and he, and, but then he's like, no, this needs to be deal, dealt with now. And then he leaves the office, and she's like, but your tooth. And it's like, well, I... He just spits out a really tooth. really get that resolved. Yeah, what if yeah, there, he lived in chronic jaw pain for the rest of his life? There's like three different scenes where it's like referencing his, his bad tooth, and we don't know what happens to it. I bet he got it handled eventually. <laughs> because really, what's sticking in his craw... Is the monarchy? That's what's in his craw. <laughs> Man, so he he goes into Martin's office, and he's looking mm-hmm. around, saying, "Oh!" And he hears the door creak. He says, uh-huh. "Oh, like we have a lot in common." And then we hear, "What? What do we have in common?" And it ain't Martin. It's uh, it's Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, no, none other. Uh, and and she is having a ball. She says, "Does my voice sound too strangled?" too much pain in the neck you know referencing what he wrote in the paper <laughs> she she cuts a promo she's like you were you know you want to come after me i'm right here yeah try and say it to my face which really is i feel like is almost uh, peter morgan's kind of writing to today you know where where you almost wish that celebrities could speak to like some of their harshest critics in person because mm-hmm. people can say the worst things online but would you ever say those things to people to their face and we learn that uh, a horrible person. He, <laughs> he opens up a briefcase and pulls out one piece of paper <laughs> yeah he, he says you need to acknowledge it has changed mm-hmm. uh, that people can say what they think the age of deference is over you know what's left of anarchy or uh, uh, yeah of what's what is left anarchy no equality that that's where they are now yeah and he you know he is all about like talking to he he doesn't hold back. You got to give him some credit. No, he has a whole list. Yeah, you know, he has three and three things to stop and three things to do. Yeah, three going up, three going down. And the queen is like, "Lay it on me." Yeah, g- give me, give it to me, King of Sting. Let's go, um, Dave. I I recommended before we did this podcast to try and power rank these. Uh, did you make any effort at that? I did. I don't know if there's six though. He he says there's six. I got five. I got I got there's six. It's just um his list of things to do all essentially feel like one thing. 
Right, essentially. So just to breeze over these uh, before we even t- discuss how we would rank them, he wants to stop the debutante's ball, which we see in Downton Abbey, which is the sort of high-class mm-hmm. women being presented to the royalty. He says that's uh, archaic and that people of the middle and lower class shouldn't feel so, um, you know, shouldn't feel like illegitimate humans. He wants yep. divorced people to move more freely in royal circles. And when the queen says, you know, I'm the, the, I'm the mascot for the church. He yeah. says it's, yeah, it's divine. unkind and potentially unlawful. And he says to her, he wants to ax the courtiers and call them ostriches. So that's the Adines, that's the LaSalles, that's the old guard. He said, get rid of them, mm-hmm. you know, drain the swamp. Let's get some yep. fresh faces. So here's what I gathered for the good, the three good things that he wants her to add. Let the people get to know her as thing one. Mm-hmm. Be more relatable to what she says. Okay. I don't want to be known. <laughs> and he says, well, you know, like, sorry. And this is um, this is where I think the, the stickiness is. As he's saying, let people get to know you. He just says, and also televised the Christmas speech. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like is kind of a 1A, 1B. And then his final yeah. thing is spend time with normal people, which is like a 1C. Yeah. So so let's rank those from, let's start with the most effective to the least effective. Okay. What do you have as the most effective? I think getting to know the normal people. Okay. There's such a remove of her from the normal people. I think that sounds like the most effective idea to me because maybe once she interacts with them, then she can start to change her perspective a little bit and, and get to understand the common people. Okay. Well, I have um, ax the courtier, get rid of all the old guard because I think we see if Martin was in, in the seat, she wouldn't have been in this situation in the first place. Which leads sure. to my number two, which is yeah. spend time with normal people. If Martin was behind the wheel... <laughs> this you know everything would be running a little more smoothly and she would be a more of not common because she's a Mm -hmm. she's divine but more relatable human yeah well i say number two is the the christmas speech okay because that's one way you can reach everyone far and wide and, and really show you know i'm the queen but i like christmas just like you who doesn't like gifts and and there you go okay you know everyone's having fun well, my, my number three is let people get to know her, which is speak in more common language, be more, the thing that, you know, it's all the same. Yeah, that, no, that's my number three as well. Because really, I think, yeah, of the things he suggests, it's really, yeah, those things to start doing are, are the most important. Uh, the stop doing stuff is the least important to me. <laughs> yeah, my number four is is the divorced people, because I do think we saw it with um, with Peter Townsend, it was a direct mm-hmm. correlation. We saw it with May He Rest in Peace, Mike. You know, these people are are humans that are sort of shunned because of these things. It's like kind of a big thing, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I have that for too. I, I think in, in that that's a pretty important thing. A smaller group of people affects, but that's number four. Yeah, well, my number five is the Christmas speech because it's already on the radio. It's just switching it to the new medium. It's it's a, I mean, yeah, sure. True. Well, number five, I got the stopping the debutante ball. Yeah, well, that's my number six. Uh, well, stopping the debutante ball, I mean, it, it makes sense why to rank it so effectively low because, again, how many people actually even see who's being called up there? You know, how many people does that actually actually impact? I understand, like, the the circumstance of what it presents is, like, oh, you got to be rich to, you know, be recognized by royalty. But if you're already going to make, you know, effort with greeting with normal people, 
what impact is stopping the debutante ball going to really have? Yeah, if, I guess that this is a question to our listeners who are, are natives to the UK. Like, is the debutante's ball that big of a deal or was it that big of a deal? Because we, to us, it's just sort of this thing that Downton Abbey showed and this show talks about. Like, yeah. we don't know how much it is a part of your pop culture, your day-to-day life, that kind of stuff. Well, I'm, so I'm surprised, Dave, that you had number one remove the the old guard, the the courtier. I had that as the least effective suggestion. Wow! Because in what world did he actually think that would go over with her? Like, do you think she would actually th- like consider that for a second? And also, you're just straight up just dismissing again, as she correctly notes. Like, they have a bunch of information that's necessary to upholding you know some of those old standards. So, okay. as much as they're ineffective and and they are not helping them move forward cutting them is an asinine decision and that guy is an idiot for thinking that would actually work well i mean sorry i i, I understand this guy is like well regarded in history and everything you're a dummy if you actually suggested that line of thought i'm sorry that's the bottom line in, I, I, I well so. i think the the firing them might be the a bit harsh but ref, you know it's the it's it's the defund the police argument we're not saying get rid of them we're just saying cut them down get some some more Fresh okay. young blood in there, some Martin. Get, yeah. Look at like Philip Philip with the with her what it what you call it? Coronation. Like all his progressive ideas were like shot down by all these older folks. And and it changed yeah. the world. It changed that her reputation for sure. And we we see McMillan a, l- a little bit in this episode, kinda, you know, representing that old guard, you know, point of view of just like, you know, why are you dealing with this guy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's not full of any good ideas. Don't don't put up with them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she kind of like leaves it a little bit, you know, she takes a, little, a bit of a front to all he's saying. She's clearly, clearly going to think about it, but she, she's not too pleased yeah. with everything he suggests. And she says, don't tell anybody you met me because we're going to refute it or rebuke it. And then she right. throws a smoke bomb and she's gone. Right. He's, he literally sits outside the office and then he doesn't see her exit. He goes back in, and it's just Martin and him in there. And he, he even says to uh, Yora, uh, "She, I don't know where she went. She just vanished. Yeah, it was like as if she never had. It was there, and it's as if this never happened. And it's because it never did happen. That scene. Of course, he never met with the queen. That's why they covered their butts by saying like, don't tell anyone this ever happened, because he, it's only on record that he ever met with Martin Traterras. He never on record that he met with the queen. Of course, well, he might have met with the queen. Who knows." I mean, sure. I may have met with a queen too. Who knows? It's just off the record. You know? That's true. You don't know what we've done. <laughs> you don't want to know what we've done. Uh, so, anyways, what does the the queen put into effect uh, following this uh, this talk? She televises the Christmas speech. Right, and and she she delivers it pretty well. She does a good job. Uh, she she has a smile, but it just drops as soon as they stop recording. She clearly is not into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we see another flash forward of the uh, some sort of public, you know, Willy Wonka style. Welcome to the the Buckingham Palace. Yeah, six months in the future, uh, everyone's uh, visiting. Yeah, this is and, and this is I think the most interesting part of the whole episode mm-hmm. because we see because we're trying to identify who it is who's coming well, in. There. I, I mean, even just the part with um, Margaret is is very enlightening as a viewer because she. Philip goes in and starts like complimenting her outfit and her hair, and and then mm-hmm. he she says what Vidal Sassoon did it, and then he says like let let my sister know about your hairdresser, 
And then she said, makes mention of like Tony. She's like, Tony recommended it. So yeah. And he, he was like, you have your own El Trinchum or whatever. And she was like, maybe, maybe, maybe he's trying to round me into shape outside. this. Oh, hey, you know, this is a, we know he's a motorcycle rider, this Tony fella. So maybe (laughs) he moves fast. Yeah. And then we see them sort of speculating who's who. And then the queen mother kind Mm -hmm. of goes off about, uh, you know, being inviting average people in is kind of taking away from the value of the crown. And yeah. All and I think every time she, there was that scene in season one where we see the queen mother talking about how, you know, no one ever came to her as, as the, the queen mother or as the queen to mm-hmm. ever seek her advice and seek her counsel. And she is feeling more and more irrelevant as the days go on. And we can see in yeah. the, in this scene, she's like, put your gloves on, let's go. We got to go handle this. Like, Right, but she she does, I think, feel on some level that the crown is losing some luster. Yeah, yeah, the absolutely. The stings and the bites we suffer as it slips away, our di- divine rights. It's it's funny, like, she, yeah, she calls it a one-way street to humiliation, this whole ordeal. Uh, but really what struck me, and I keep harping on this, is she doesn't look old. I know she's supposed to be like, you know, this old lady. No, she looks like to, a to sister Elizabeth. or cousin. yeah. And there's no better way to make someone look older by then having them complain about stuff. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, That's this true. person, yeah, they're, they're a drag. Oh, they must be older, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you ain't going to get anywhere by moaning, whining, crying. <laughs> Sorry, Queen Mother. It ain't, ain't going to cut it. You're going to let these people in, and they're going to eat, and they're going to enjoy themselves. They're shake their hands, and that's it. She said 15 yeah. minutes, they got to figure thought- it out. Yeah, this is like Downton opening to the public, just uh, on a much bigger historical level. Absolutely, absolutely, and you can see, yeah, how it's sending shockwaves. But I really did think it was interesting how she just drops that smile as soon as she's done with with the Christmas recording. Like it really reflects what my impression of the Queen is that she doesn't really enjoy that public aspect. Even you know, in real life, Mm -hmm. she never seems thrilled to be out in public. (laughs) Yeah, she she doesn't wish to be known. I guess so. At least according to the show. Um, well, and then that the only other thing that that we didn't really touch on in this episode, you know, before we get to the jump forward of where where things are, was the queen went hunting for a deer. Yeah. Which I was thinking some crown yeah, we, or queen the queen imagery with right. the stag. Yeah, because we we talked about this a few weeks ago. How we've seen the queen with Queen Elizabeth. What is the deal with deers and stags? Uh, you know her seeing herself in them. Is she actually one? Well, I feel like with this, it's supposed to be representative of how much is done for her because we see, she goes hunting and the guy, like she sees this herd of deer and she points at the one deer and the guy gets Mm -hmm. down with this, the rifle lines up the shot and then backs up and says like, here you go. It's ready for you to pull the trigger. So she gets the kill, but she doesn't do any of the work. Well, I also think a little bit, yeah, I mean, it's kind of similar to that, but, like, how she's been kind of set up to kind of get, you know, taken down. She's been put in the crosshairs by, her, you know, her situation, mm-hmm. and then she sees herself in the stag on the table uh, at one point, um, which, again, isn't too far off from the Queen, the, the movie, where she sees herself in the deer who's getting hunted. It, it, it's it's a little easy. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, for, for it's, it's, a, it's a broad strokes in this show, and that's not a knock, because more often than not, I feel like it's successful. Um 
Couldn't she? Couldn't she have been hunting a bear, a bear or something? It's you know? a predator or some other kind of animal. Yeah, so something that's just not the same kind of breed of animal. Just something different. Dogs. Just have her going through some dogs. Yeah. <laughs> why not? Um, we just lost listeners. They're just like, why would you? Yeah, why well, would you, you know, some cultures that? do that. Who knows? Yeah. Not her corgis though, because they get another special appearance at the end of this episode. Yeah, we see the kids. They've grown up. Yeah, we see her looking at them through a window. That some things never change. Suddenly they look like they're in their teens. It's like, oh, okay. I guess that happened. Yeah. <laughs> While she didn't age. Cool. Um, so what happened to Lord Altrincham? Well, uh, looks like all of his suggestions came to pass in some capacity over the course of a couple years. And now how much of that is because of him and how much of that is just because of the winds of change? Yeah, I mean, I think... Well, as they say, like they, they recognize him as having a big impact on, on the crown and... and uh, it's it kind of actually surprised me uh, how much of this episode actually happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from him meeting with the queen, like yeah, he, he he did you know put out these critiques and they did listen and he was credited with having a huge impact on that. Uh, there was uh, there was some playing around with the the bad speech she gave. She gave that apparently in 1954. That was a real speech, but it wasn't quite. They they truncated the timelines a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, because this is 58. Yeah. Uh, it almost makes me, though, think the show is almost... It makes the show more dangerous in that regard where, okay, so this episode, a lot of it did happen, but then you have other episodes where you present it in the same light that, by and large, didn't happen, and then it just creates this whole level of, like, well, what do I believe here, and what do I take away, you know? There's going to be so many casual watchers who are thinking, boy, Mike is a, is a piece of trash all the way through and through, and he maybe is a little bit, but it's it's kind of made up, whereas this is actually true. It's It's, it's not... It leaves me feeling queasy a little bit about yeah. You, know, what you can just pick and choose what ideas. what happened and what didn't. I I get it exactly. Yeah, but he is, he is his name is John Grigg now. Yeah, so he dropped uh, he his uh, his title. Yeah, he's no longer a lord. Uh, he was punched in the face. That did happen. Cool. Uh, so uh, kudos to John Grigg. I wish he could have changed your name earlier, so we didn't have to stumble through your name the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess we could have just called him John the whole time and or Lord. <laughs> Johnny, uh, I just keep wondering when is uh, when is Martin going to get his due? When is he going to replace a dean? <laughs> I mean, that's I think hopefully hopefully soon. We got we got five more episodes yeah. of this man before he disappears. Yeah. So was this a good episode, Dave? I didn't like this episode very much. <laughs> I think last episode was like such a high in terms of even just like the art artistry behind it because mm-hmm. at least that episode like took some liberties and really tried to create this vibe with with margaret and tony this one is very down the middle cut and dry this is what happened folks yeah and ain't that some <laughs> and, and the the highlights of this episode were like philip commenting on the haircut which is just sort of an outside perspective outside of like the two people that we always hear from or this sort of not antagonist but this sort of opposition in in greg not to say he's in every episode but like we get that sort of opposition to the queen and the queen, mm-hmm. but, and then the scene yeah. with Margaret, these are like 40 second scenes, but they just add so much flair and so much flavor that I think, and this is I, maybe queen Elizabeth in real life is a really interesting person. She's kind of boring a lot of times. Yeah. I, I almost feel like they inserted the whole bit about the, um, about the hair because it's like they, something they had, they had it up their sleeve. It was just like, we needed, there's dry episodes. We need to insert mm-hmm. it somewhere. But, it kind of surprises me. I mean, they they go back and forth a little bit in their barbs, but 
how much they've just entirely dropped over the past few episodes. The whole drama between Phil and Elizabeth. I'm, I'm, I guess it'll come back maybe, but it was such an important focus of those first three mm-hmm. episodes to, to this kind of just be like, well, everything's solved as soon as he became a prince. It's just like, I don't know. Is it, is it really that easy? Is it that simple? I don't think it is, but I also think the show is kind of moving on because historically, who's to say, you know, there's probably just no documentation of them having trouble at this point. So it would be yeah, purely so, fiction as opposed to 75% fiction. Yeah, so it's, uh, I guess he, he just kind of regards it with some uneasiness for now. Yeah. Uh, well, let's just get to the power rankings. Yeah, I feel uh, like with this show, the, the quotes don't stick out and we wind up using them mm-hmm. anyway. So who do you have on the bottom? Yeah. LaSalle. Okay. The dude, again, gave some bad advice. He's on the outs. He's on the outside looking in. Get out of here, Tommy. Yeah, I have a fill up on the bottom just because, like, the comments about the hair. Mm-hmm. There's, there's not, there's no, there's like three characters that do things this episode. So this is kind of a yeah. reach for the well, down. So. Number two, the number two, I got Adine. Okay. He he wrote a bad speech. Uh, he did not get John Cena to tell him that was a fine speech. <laughs> and, dude, just do your job. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Well, I have the Queen Mother at number two because uh, she's she's losing it. Everything, her, her society is bye-bye. Yeah, she, she's going down. Well, well, number one, I got the monarchs. Uh, overall, the monarchy is, uh, it's it's just not what it was. It's losing its luster, so sorry. Wow. Well, I got Adina at number one. I mean, that's fair, too. You got no mustache. <laughs> he doesn't have a mustache to hide behind. You're, you're in, it's crazy. He's in trouble. He's in his late 40s, this actor, playing the role. He looks so much older with the hairstyle they got him Well, going. you know, they have him complaining all the time. <laughs> That too. That, that makes you look a lot older every time. That's a trick to pull out. All right. Well, who, uh, who's going up? Number three is Martin. Okay. He had the right ide- ideas and instincts about the the speech. So so good to him. Kudos to him. Well, I got the queen at number three because she gets kind of thrown under the bus by by John Grigg, but then she mm-hmm. kind of cuts a promo on him, and she says, "You you." Speaking of John Cena, she says, "You can't see me," and she's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and she makes yeah, those changes, you know, like whether or not you want to say she took the criticism, she also took took the criticism to heart and the changes mm-hmm. were made. So you got to give her well, some credit for those reasons. Number two is the queen. You know, he, he went through his list of uh, six items for, his, for her to, to consider. And she said, that's a fine speech. And then she actually implemented all of them. So oh, see, you know, now, the queen now I have Martin at number two because Martin has not had a t- chance to shine. And this is Martin. OK. Play, you know, he's the one that says, "Do you see the queen? I didn't see the queen. Was the queen really in here?" Do that much, but he doesn't do that much aside from say, "Like, you know, speech isn't that good." There's not much in this episode. <laughs> that's, that's true too. Um, I think number one is undisputed, though. It, it's John John Grigg. John, yeah. I mean, he may get cocked in the face, but the dude th- threw down his beliefs, and he he got put over for it. You know, he got remembered in history for you know challenging the monarchy and where it stood. Yeah, I mean, simple as that. I'm not gonna say I liked seeing him or like liked that he took up a whole episode. Yeah, I didn't really like him at all. Yeah. I thought he was too, again, smug. a little smug and everything. I, if it was, I mean, I mean, they can't fictionalize, but if it was just more Yura, you know, in person who can really act well, you know, who that'd be great. This would it would have been sweet if they made it like. Uh, Jimmy Love and his his girlfriend or his wife in the English game make him like a little more playful, make him a little yeah. like klutzier or something like that, and she's kind of like his sweet supporter. It, this episode spends a lot of time patting John Grigg on the back. There's 
two or three scenes of him going into right. a bar, shaking hands, and people are like, oh, I'm so proud of you. It's like, come on now. Yeah, in the context, the context of history, I get it, but at the same time, all right. Or make him part you, of the you, whole show. Make him put yeah. in two episodes or three episodes. Right, like the 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 negative press keeps rising because you know they they really talk about that in the last episode how people aren't happy with you know the Suez Canal situation and everything. Thread it in a little bit yeah. more, but at the same time, that would come at the expense of last episode, which I think worked well in, in its bottle ish form. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but we don't need two bottles back to back. Right, and the other challenge is this episode was a full hour, and it doesn't feel like it. It feels like a lot, but not enough at the same time. You know? Yeah, there's a. All the good characters like the season, don't though. do. Yeah, I mean the season is levels better than season one as Pe- far. People as... are like stop being so down on the crown. It's like no, 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 no. We're 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 liking it. We're also down. We're, we're saying... also down on Down Abbey too. <laughs> like we're not. Yeah, we're just keeping it real. Yeah, and we are the Altrincham of the crown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you hear this Netflix? <laughs> yeah, get get us on the the post show. We'll, you know, there's all these uh, talk shows coming on after the after shows air. Let us be on there after the crown. <laughs> We're just tearing down the show <laughs> on Netflix. Oh yeah, it'll be uh, like uh, yeah. the Fox WWE show where it's like, hey, we're not actually we're we're independent thinkers. We're gonna say yeah, what we're gonna the say. The show's not good, <laughs> but it is good. I don't know. Um, well, anyways, that's the crown this week, people. Indeed, halfway there. Yeah, five more. Dave, you've been watching. You've been watching anything else, man? To chase the crown with? Uh, well, not to chase the crown because I only watch one episode a week. But I have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched uh, Love on the Spectrum on your recommendation. I burned through it in yeah. like two, a, a day and a half. So easy, right? Oh, yeah, and it's sweet. And, and the episodes end, yeah. they're, you know, they're like Harry Potter books where it, the episode ends where it's like, and now he's going on a dice. And then, and then it cuts <laughs> to the credits and you're like, what? I want, I, I, gotta I see just the want the dice. <laughs> yeah. The thing I you know I said last week, the thing I was struck by was just how educational it was. The way they really walk through how they can prepare these people for these mm-hmm. dates and everything, and how to you know navigate. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, as someone that works in the field with um, lower functioning autistic people that are nonverbal mm-hmm. for the most part, and and definitely not going to be on a dating documentary. This is definitely yeah. like the high end of the spectrum as far well not high end because Asperger's mm-hmm. some people with Asperger's are very functional but you see a lot of these people didn't get diagnosed until they're 20 18 yeah it's wild and it's just very and sweet the thing I also found fascinating about that show too is the way they introduce people it's like they build up the sympathy for one person they go on the date and it's like who's this Mark guy and then you get to know Mark and it's like oh man he loves dinosaurs like this guy's great and, and then you feel for him I, after I think the that. one thing that that speaks to the the spectrum as, as something that is to be analyzed is they say like he likes this and he hates this because mm-hmm. i think that's one thing that t- tolerant there's like a tolerating d- things you dislike is a huge thing in special education yeah. so when you say somebody yeah. doesn't like the sound of a lawnmower that's like oh that's an issue <laughs> so yeah. that is a very yeah. very real yeah so i've been watching i watched that whole thing and then i mm-hmm. i saw a lot of people posting and i got a little pop culture fomo so i started the umbrella academy on netflix oh okay yeah and i watched four episodes of that and i'm not loving it but i do feel like all these sort of i don't want to say meta but like superhero stories that are all about like oh this one's an alcoholic because he was a teen Mm -hmm. titan it's a little on the nose and it's very tropey but we'll see where it goes obvious yeah Yeah. there's a there's a talking chimp which i've you know you got me for okay. the, the whole season if there's a talking show. <laughs> Every time. I'll, I'll check back in next week to see if, if I'm enjoying it further. 
Okay. Well, on a similar note too, I, I felt FOMO because I saw season two is coming up, but I watched all of the boys. Oh, see, Amazon. that's I, I. Somebody said yeah. I saw the the Umbrella Academy, and I was like, I can do the boys, I can do the Umbrella Academy, or I could do Doom Patrol, but I'm only doing one. Yeah. So I picked well, Umbrella I, I, Academy. Yeah. Well, it's just one of those things where it's like, well, I mean, I've been meaning to watch it. I like the good creative team behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, Seth Rogen, uh, Evan Goldberg producing. Mm-hmm. The the head writer wrote uh, the first five seasons of, seasons of Supernatural, which I'm a big fan of. And Carl Urban. Uh, not anymore. Only those first five seasons. Uh, yeah, Carl Urban's great. And then, um, and then I didn't know it, but it's a, the from a comic by the guy who did Preacher. So it's very much in that same vein. Yeah. Yeah. Of hyper violence. It, it's actually more gruesome than I would. I like. I don't like that level of violence. Okay. But I was I was pretty hooked. I, I got through. I went through all eight episodes in their full hours. But it looked like a movie as well. It was well directed. It was, it was highly watchable. Hmm. Well, now we got to get somebody to weigh in on Doom Patrol. How's <laughs> Brendan Fraser? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, that's what we've been watching. Yeah, um, I'm I'm chugging through Dragon Ball Super. That's kind of my lunch break okay. show. There you go. That's a. Speaking of power rankings, that's a show you could do power rankings for. There's, There's like a, a thousand characters. characters on that show. Yeah. Well, I think we can end it there, though. Yeah. You know, that, you know. Leave us a review, please, if you can. Yeah. And let us know about the uh, the questions we had about the debutante ball. Let us know if you're watching yeah. Doom Patrol. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Let us know if you like the the Fight Club on Raw on Monday for those that are WWE <laughs> yeah, people. Underground Raw. Let us know. Uh. But otherwise, yeah. Oh, and, and Gmail. I, yeah, you hit us up on all the socials as always. Um, mm-hmm. We keep getting people asking us about our Patreon, and it's been on the shelf for seven months. Do we need to bring it back? I think people want us to bring back the Patreon because we're, maybe they just don't want to buy our merch. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't want to buy our merch, but they want to spend a nominal amount monthly to to hear us talk about more stuff. We've been we got a whole we we had over the past couple months we've had two people request to join the Patreon. Which is a big deal for mm-hmm. us. We're not some high rollers in the podcast game, and right. we have contributing members in the Lords of Grantham Lounge that say, "Well, this is what I want you to talk about." Look, yeah. if you're interested in joining this Patreon, if you click a button on the Patreon, I, we'll get back to you immediately. For sure. So yeah, we're in. <laughs> look, if this is something you're thinking about, you got a dollar. I know it's co- you know coronavirus time. We'll record new episodes for it. I think we're overdue to fill out a few more episodes for that yeah, yeah absolutely i i thoroughly enjoyed when we did the q a so i would absolutely jump back in if you're interested yeah. we'll let you in we'll we'll make it work yeah so yes so all the socials plug them you do it facebook twitter instagram gmail lords grantham at gmail.com t public we'll, we'll lords of grantham it's our pin tweet t t public yep more designs T-E-E coming soon public yep and but uh, otherwise We'll catch you on the flip. Yeah, until we meet again. Later.